Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. Two segments to go in this uh, episode of the program. Episode number 81, pretty good. Pretty good. I think we're catching our stride now. I feel a little more comfortable. And if it weren't for this pandemic, I think I'd really be in my sweet spot. (laughs) As it is, though, we will continue to cover the coronavirus and its impact on our lives and our wallets, our livelihoods. And if I'm honest, every single facet of our lives. I was uh, laying in bed last night doing a little thought exercise trying to figure if there was one uh, bit of my life which has been freed or has been thus far spared from the coronavirus. And the closest I could come up to uh, is uh, running. I I enjoy running. I think that it's good overall. And I think right now it's been pretty much what has been keeping me sane. Uh, What I do is I try to find a place that's far away from, from people. I'll get in my car. Uh, windows rolled up, of course. I'll drive out there, uh, and I'll run a few miles. In fact, uh, about a half hour from right now, I'll be doing just that after today's program uh, ends. I'll be out there uh, jogging a few miles, and that may be, for me at least, the one uh, aspect of life that has been uh, spared from the coronavirus. Uh, there's always some place to run, and I take advantage of that. I invite you to do the same. I don't know about like psychology and endorphins or anything like that, but I can tell you uh, that exercise has brought me great uh, mental relief, if nothing else. It's a good escape from the grind uh, and the stress caused by this coronavirus. Anyway, uh, let's talk about money for a second. It's interesting. If you are uh, into money, which I uh, expect uh, many people are, (laughs) introduce me to someone who's not interested in money. (laughs) They probably have a lot of it, and they just say, oh, money is never – anyway – Uh, The various indices which keep track of the health of the stock market, at least, uh, over the past couple days have uh, looked pretty good. The Dow Jones uh, closed uh, about 40 minutes ago, up almost 3.5%. The NASDAQ, 2.5%. Standard & Poor's, uh, 3.5% up on the day. And if you uh, take a step back, look at the past five days, uh, you'll see that uh, that all uh, of the indices are, are doing well over that span of time as well. And yet uh, yesterday, producer Amy shared with me uh, some comments made by the uh, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, who predicts that we will likely soon enter a, quote, bad recession. The prediction by this uh, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO, Jamie uh, Diamond, adds that banks will likely see financial stresses similar to what they experienced in 2008 during the global financial crisis. And that breaks my heart because if I'm honest, there are some people in my life uh, who have yet to recover from what happened in 2008. Uh, There are folks whose lives were fundamentally changed uh, and forever placed on a new trajectory uh, due to what happened in 2008. And it breaks my heart uh, that that is possibly going to become the reality for some of the folks impacted uh, financially, at least by 
this uh, coronavirus recession, if the prediction of this J.P. Morgan Chase CEO uh, proves to be true. So I'm seeing a dichotomy of sorts. I'm seeing the indices reflecting great strength right now or strength today in the stock market. And I'm seeing predictions by some of the smart money folks saying that, you know, uh, dark days may be ahead. I don't know. I don't know that many experts, but I do know one. His name's Shane Stewart. He's a frequent guest of ours here on the program. He joins me now, a certified financial planner with DMBA. Uh, Mr. Stewart, sir, first off, let me ask you, how you holding up? You staying sane? I am, thanks. Uh, how about you? You you holding, it, holding up? Hanging in there. I'm broadcasting from a guest bedroom right next to the cat box, uh, which is a little bit stressful for me, but I do know that there are others out there who have it much, much worse than me, so I'm not going to complain uh, at all. I'm doing just fine. As long as I can uh, go jogging a few miles each day, I, I think I'll keep my wits about me. Let me ask you uh, likewise, this. I'm the same. I'm uh, I've explained that. Here from the front room. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, the, the, the indices look good. The Dow, the NASDAQ, S&P, other indices are all in the green today, and yet there are those experts out there predicting that we may have dark days ahead. Uh, what, what do we make of all this? Uh, how do you respond when you hear all these things? Yeah, th- this situation reminds me of, of my favorite economics joke. It says where ever you get two economists, you get at least three opinions, and uh, that's true here. You know, and so uh, <laughs> the, the truth good. is, you, <laughs> usually the truth is is somewhere in between. There's no doubt we'd have a recession caused by this. Uh, just the just simple fact that when people lose their jobs and the people aren't spending and just by, out of necessity, that's going to happen. But we have to remind ourselves of what the definition of a of a um, recession is. Recession is simply two quarters or a total of six months, two consecutive quarters with no or negative growth in the gross national product. And so that's actually really easy to hit a recession. In fact, we do it all the time. We, there are times where we've hit a recession and no one noticed, but the difference is, is how deep they go. So you, you, you talk about 2008, 2009, that was the deepest recession we've ever had. So that's significant. We feel that. Uh, we're, we're probably going to feel this one. However, the key difference here, I think, is the economy, and especially the, the, uh, the U.S. economy, was particularly strong before this happened. There wasn't really anything fundamentally wrong, mm. like in 2008, 2009, mm. with the economy. And so it has the potential to bounce back a little quicker, but we don't know that yet. We'll have to, time will tell. Yeah, you and I have had conversations along these lines uh, over the past few weeks, uh, specifically looking at what history has taught us. We have spoken specifically about pandemic, about pandemics, and the outbreak of certain diseases and viruses, and the impact that that has had on uh, U.S. and global economies. Are we still able to draw comparisons, or have things ballooned to a magnitude that we are uh, in? Unch- we find ourselves now in uncharted territory. Yeah, the, uh, Einstein said that history never repeats itself, but it usually rhymes. And so, yeah, we are definitely in uncharted territory <laughs> here in a lot of ways. Yet, uh, some things are very similar. The fundamentals are the same, and so uh, the, the the players and the and the problems may change, but the fundamentals are the same. And really, the fundamentals are this. Once uh, we, we hope and pray that the COVID-19 issue subsides, and mostly for the welfare of the, of the world, that people get better, that there are fewer loved ones lost. Uh, but when it comes to the economy, what that will do to help as well is 
we hope that people will get back to spending and, and living their lives as they were before and including getting back to employment. When that happens, that will bring things back. It's just a, a fundamental of the economy that as we get back spending and working, economies pick up again, and that's always the same. You know what? I have one more question to ask you, and I know that producer Amy is going to yell at me for uh, being so late for this commercial break, but it's an important question I want to ask you, and something you just said uh, made me think of it, and it has to do uh, with these stimulus checks. Let's say uh, that there is an individual who still has an income. They're able to work from home. Uh, they're able to make their mortgage payment and pay the bills and keep a roof over their head and all that. All the, the, the shelves are stocked with food, and yet they are still on the receiving end of this $1,200 uh, stimulus check. What is the most productive way for that individual to contribute to the overall health of the economy? What should they do? Uh, what should someone do with disposable income with the stimulus check they receive? I love that question because it, it, you, you uh, qualified it with to stimulate the economy. You know, selfishly speaking, there's different things you can do with it. But in order to, if you if you have a real goal of stimulating the economy, you would spend it on goods and services or if you're really altruistic, and I love this idea that some have mentioned of actually going out and finding those who have lost their jobs, aren't going to make the rent this this uh, time, and maybe helping them as well, find a way to help other people and or to spend, to stimulate the economy, spend on consumer goods, maybe even uh, buy those plane tickets that you've been meaning to buy, but buy them for in the fall when you feel like that things will subside, but somehow spending that money and stimulating the economy or giving to those who are in need to spend and, and survive. Outstanding. Uh, Shane Stewart, Certified Financial Planner with DMBA, always grateful for your expertise and the time you give uh, to this program and to this audience. Thanks again, and we'll speak soon, I'm sure. All right, we're going to take a, a quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk to you uh, about this challenge that I have extended. I'd like to collect blood for those who need it, and I need your help to do so. Also going to talk about some things we learned earlier during the press conference with uh, Carlos Braceras, uh, Governor Gary Herbert, and Mayor Aaron Mendenhall. There are some new... Uh, uh, some new asks for those coming here to the state of Utah, all of it designed to limit the spread of the coronavirus. Next up here on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.